0: hey hey. his name's ryan Mm -hmm. his name's ryan Mm -hmm. there is dom he's in the room it's time to zoom
1: no i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say you just made that up i you know me so well
2: It's time for the pretty neat podcast.
3: We got sounds. That's
2: it.
3: Nice.
0: Oh, that sound effect is like perfect too. That one, because it's kind of like alien y. And I went to the comedy mothership.
1: Yeah,
2: let's hey, jump uh, right in. How was
0: it? Dude. Tell us? Okay. We've all been to several comedy clubs. Yeah. We discuss stand up regularly on the Pretty Neat podcast, which welcome everybody. To the pretty neat podcast um uh the comedy mothership i can wholeheartedly say is the best comedy club i have been to that and that is from a viewer perspective and uh performance perspective it's uh, like i it made me want to go and perform again it was did that you, fucking good
1: did you ever go to the comedy store in la like before it sucked yes okay how does it compare to that
0: i it's better it's better
1: and and you
0: know what they pay they pay homage to the comedy store in Mm -hmm. la because of mitzi shore uh polly shore's mom who ran the club owned the club and uh in the mothership there's a bar called mitzi's yeah dedicated to her fantastic bar by chance polly shore was performing the same night but we did not see polly shore We saw Joe Rogan and Tony Hinchcliffe and a couple of other pretty great comics. Uh, But bro, the security was nuts. Yeah. They make you turn your phone off and then they lock it in a bag. That's what Kevin Hart did. Yep. And no photography, no nothing. Everybody was fucking fantastic. And then walking out of the club, I see Joe fucking Pfeiffer. (laughs) <laughs> joe body bags Peiffer just standing there and i'm like you're joe Pyfer." i'm aaron handworker from the pretty neat podcast yeah. which he was like no fucking way pretty neat right. podcast and and then we hit it off i also kicked it no i'm just kidding uh but welcome on the show anytime also talk to his media producer named chandler excellent excellent dude and uh all-around great experience joe piper was in austin from philadelphia to appear on the joe rogan experience yeah good for him that episode ain't out i'm sure
1: it will be soon. it is out today oh hell yeah Yeah. so
0: there you go uh he's gonna beat the shit out of jack hermanson and uh
1: that's a fun fight yes very friend of the show joe piper
0: yep anytime you are welcome the invitation is open yes so that's how that was that's how that was when you guys come out uh it is a must do how about y'all what else what's going on with you guys
3: uh well as you know um I enlisted Dom to be in training for yeah. a run thanks Disney for event. that by the way <laughs> you're, you're welcome <laughs> and uh we've been sharing uh some of the progress. And I've been enlisting some help from, uh, you know, a, a running app uh, that will not be named. Right. No free shout outs here. No. free uh, shout-outs. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, the app that is um, I may mm-hmm. have to explore some additional things, but um, just continues to reestablish or reaffirm the fact that I am insanely out of shape And (laughs) it's it's coincidental, yet also very. um, uh, It's it's very uh, lucky, lucky is not the right term, but I'm reading a book about breath and like breathing and how to improve uh, oxygen, oxygen, transport transportation, um, things that the evolution of uh, us as a species how our airways have changed with the expansion of our brains and, you know, just like limited real estate and and where it could go. And that resulted in uh, narrow passageways, which resulted in our palates being a lot narrower. And then that's the preponderance of snoring and sleep apnea and just some experiments experiments. But this uh, gentleman's doing at the university of Stanford uh, for 10 days where he plugged his nose with silicone plugs and surgical tape and only breathed through his mouth. And just the, like over four thousand percent increase in his sleep apnea events. And just around that, just like I I feel like I'm doing the right freak thing. Freak the fuck yeah. out. Yeah, if I had to do that. Hell yeah. I, I feel I feel like I'm on the right path as to making some personal improvements, but I'm really disappointed with myself if I'm being totally candid about the uh the degradation that I allowed myself to get to. And it's not it's not until you start to cut out some of that bad behavior or things that you're in taking that you seem to be normal that like society deems as like some type of uh it's a societal norm i should say um mm-hmm. where you realize like fuck, how did i let myself get so off from where i have been in years past and i'm just i'm really i'm happy with what i'm doing i'm more irritated by the level of inactivity that I've displayed over the last couple of years. And not to say like events haven't happened that have coincided with that level of inactivity, that's human nature. Uh, But I never really got back to what I needed to do. And so now I have to overcome all of that. So yeah, I'm trying to run a 5K every third day and my circuit so far is not quite exactly 5K and I haven't found the right uh, coaching Session to really get me through there. Uh, so I, I should probably just plan it out better on what that circuit look needs to look by look like or do an out and back. But um running really slow. I was fun uh, fun funny story. We have a, a guy that we see all the time on the weekends when we're walking our dogs in the morning, and he's always out there hitting the pavement. But he's he's probably like maybe five, 10 years older than I am always is wearing like a big bucket hat, sunglasses. He has knee wraps and running shoes and he's running, but at the slowest pace you will ever see somebody (laughs) physically go through the motions (laughs) of running or jogging, but he's out there every single day. And I was putting on my running shoes this afternoon and I, I just had this like thought. And I told Ashley, my wife, I was like, you know that guy we see every time that's out there running, like in slow motion. She's like, Yeah. I was like, that's me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: That's me right he, now. He's actually that's, flying. <laughs> <right>. He's going <laughs> yeah. very fast. And I, I'm like, that's me. So I'm incredibly sore. Um, I started doing some workouts with another exercise app that has like a, a progressive load uh that mm-hmm. I had talked about on our group chat, which I won't mention here either. Um, and that's really kicked my ass. And now I need to incorporate a much more extensive stretching routine because guys getting out of a chair right now sucks. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try to
1: break up a fight between two sixth grade girls. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, you, you, it's... you will, you and will I don't, die. <laughs> I don't have to do that very often, but two days ago it, it was on the list. So I want to compliment you on your candidness. And I also want you to know that I'm in the same boat. Um, I actually pretty consistently have exercised for, for quite a few years, but my diet control Mm. really, really super wavers. And like simply put, and I, I talked about, I've talked about this on the show before from like, what I say is October, but is really August through new years. I drink so much. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's just a, it's just a habit that I have. Um, and so like, you're, you're right, Ryan, when you say like starting to cut out things that society says is healthy and doing things that actually are healthy, you realize how fucking horribly out of shape most people are. Um, mm-hmm. or people, I was talking to one of my coworkers about taco salad and this is no shade at her. And she's like, well, what kind of Doritos do you put in, in it? In And I go, no, 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 <laughs> it's no, it's romaine. It's grass-fed ground beef. It's <laughs> organic cheddar. It's organic sour cream. And it's a little bit of salsa. There's like there are
3: there are no Doritos in it. There are and, no Doritos. Uh, there are no chips.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. There's really not any grain at all. Um and Damn. so I my it's interesting. I can get on the Peloton bike and hammer for 60, 90 minutes. Really, no problem. I can get on a, a road bike and go. 35, 40 miles, really at any point in the day and keep it at a decent clip. Um, I can't run to save my life. L- literally, if someone was chasing me, they would catch me. <laughs> and so uh, I am not using the app you're using. I have a, and I'll, it's just a, a semi-free shout out. I have a Garmin Phoenix watch, a, a 7X Sapphire Solar. Um, It's great for golf. It's great for... Uh, like things you would use a sports watch for. And so I've been running with that and the Garmin app has a running coach on it. And I told it what I was trying to do and by when, and it gave me a program. And so my first training run was not even close to a 5k. It was literally a 10 minute benchmark. Um, my second one is tomorrow. I haven't looked at that plan yet, um, but yeah, I suck at running. Um, and it's even weird. Cause I, I went to jujitsu on Saturday and I, I I did the warm up, which is not easy. I did the whole class with a guy who was probably two forty, um, blue belt. Shit, no no problem. Um, he was great. Shout out to him. Um, and I I, I was tired, but I got home and I got on the bike and did forty five minutes of endurance work, and I felt fine. Ask me to run two, two miles. It, I don't know. I don't think it's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> you know. So it's it's interesting. I in the seventy five hard realm of things the diet has become the thing i'm enjoying the most actually hmm. i i have the workouts are are whatever the sticking to a a, a really specific and, and pretty healthy diet has been uh, i j- i feel so much better that's good uh, shocker right eat less eat healthier and move more you're gonna feel better like <laughs> who, who would
3: have like, thought I you know guys this thing it's called <laughs> a diet it's great <laughs> guys for the first
0: time in a while in almost Ooh. four weeks we have something yep. to do today that is very important to the pretty neat podcast but before we do hey everyone go to the pretty hit the mailbag send us your memes your questions <laughs> join the community check us out on instagram at the pretty neat podcast go to youtube we just started putting video up there but you can of course go to the back catalog of any of the episodes and with that there were fights last weekend we get to (laughs) fucking talk about them (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah we don't recap RuPaul's Drag Race on this show, but if you'd like to, again, go to the mailbag because there is yeah. a new season, and we are all married and have wives, and watch RuPaul's Drag
3: Race. <laughs> if there's enough demand, right, we could do a side, we could do a side podcast and re-recap RuPaul's Drag Race weekly. Be, you know, we we would be
0: I mean, okay. We're already the the prettiest and neatest podcast that exists in the universe. Um, we we might be crossing some sort of strange uni- existential line. <laughs> Although, like <laughs> Rogan did 10 minutes about drag. So, like, <laughs> okay. maybe we should. Who fucking knows? But anyway, uh, we had UFC Fight Night, Ankalaya versus Walker 2, the rematch.
1: Let's just get it out of uh, the way.
0: Let's do it. Picks didn't go well. Picks did not go well. If you chose, if you <laughs> pick that opposite of well,
3: right? <laughs> Picks Just went what bad. It, yeah, right? we we came out real confident. We did. Yeah. Hey but- guys, six for six on the way. We didn't even make it to fight night with an opportunity to get six correct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, before it even. And it got was our there. boy too. Manel cop fucking yeah. missed weight. Uh well you know what Babe Ruth also had the strikeout record at the same time he had the home run record you know we swing hard and uh you know sometimes we miss hard but we uh we we think these things out and you know sometimes you hit sometimes you don't so what are what are you going to do move on to next week and do better that's what we do that's were what there, we're going to do yeah hell yeah were there any prelims that were absolute shockers for you i mean uh, i'll i'll go out and just say that second fight nicholas mata versus tom nolan like tom nolan was a heavy favorite minus 345 even more so in some other books and he gets knocked
3: the fuck out one minute in (laughs) wasn't he also undefeated at the time so uh, like they were he was really on the hype train like no pun intended, with his train chest tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nicholas Moda, uh, I don't I know. know. I don't know if it was a a miscalculation on his part, like improper game plan, or you know, perhaps just different styles, right? Played to his strengths, but it, it didn't work out very well for him. And back to the drawing board, right? Uh, you know, hopefully... Yeah with somebody like that, who's a, a, a an up-and-coming prospect that you would expect their first loss, um, should they learn from it, will come back and be that much better. And just, yes. you know, they're going to have to restart what they did in terms of momentum, but there's a real opportunity there for them to, to just continue their evolution in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah, felt like he did not listen to Han Solo when he said don't get cocky kid because he went in there and his his hands were down like he he just was so no no defense there was no defense
3: yeah i i didn't know where you're gonna go with that han solo quote i thought maybe you're gonna say something <laughs> about shooting first uh <laughs> but yeah the don't get cocky kid that's that's valid that's very valid he he really he 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 his he came out
0: with his dick swinging out at everything, and uh, it came back to hit him in the face.
1: Well,
0: can no. I not can I throw out a dick? Star
1: Wars thing? Of course. So my eight-year-old loves Rise of the Resistance. Um, beautiful, like a, like a lot, which is weird <laughs> because the movie's not really her thing. Um, we were walking through Galaxy's Edge on Monday. And the Mandalorian had just walked out and he had his little Grogu with him mm-hmm. and he could not have been cooler um, about it with her, which I thought was was pretty great.
0: Shout out to the actor in the Mandalorian costume at Disneyland.
1: Do you mean Din Djarin the Mandalorian? Yeah. Because that's who yeah. was
3: there. Thank you.
2: Yeah.
3: He's not actively pursuing bounties right now. He's, he's meeting and greeting fans in Batu. <laughs> So, I mean, makes sense to me, though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should
1: have have (laughs) positioned it that way. (laughs) I mean, Uh, let's come on. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Any other big ones from the prelims? I mean, Marcus McGee looked he didn't look as impressive as I expected. He was just kind of slow when he started up. But professional, I get his whole thing. Like, apparently, he's like we were talking about he's really humble. Really good guy. Seemed like a... it was it was enjoyable. He's he's a technical fighter. I, I appreciate that. I want to see that more. Farid yeah, Basharad. It was, Im-
3: it, it was impressive for him to be Gaston Bolanos, who I believe was like a, a champion kickboxer. So in the stand-up realm, for him to be able to do that to him, which we would consider that to be a strong his strength, is mm-hmm. very impressive. Yeah. And then uh, you, you had said it, the 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 Farid Basharad fight. Hey, he continues his unbeaten streak Mm -hmm. Um, for the hype that's around him. Mm -hmm. If I had to say anything, I just I I would have wanted I would have wanted him to finish the fight. Uh, He was dominant everywhere, but it was it was and this sounds wrong because I'm going to say he's like it was overly calculated. You want people to be calculated. That's how you maintain being unbeaten. But he didn't show me like the urgency to finish the fight, which I just think is the last big thing that you need from somebody to cross over from rising prospect to here is like potential star in the division.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. And star in the division is probably a strong works. Bantamweight stacked, you know, he's going to have a lot of tough fights in the near future.
0: Mm -hmm. Still have high hopes. for both of them, both the Boshirats,
1: sure. Yeah. Maybe a good topic for a future show on a non-fight week or something is is like, what are the steps to to cracking into the the stardom realm of MMA as well, specifically in the UFC. You know what I mean? Like, like the the hurdles you're going to have to jump, unless you catch on. It feels like kind of immediately. I don't know. That'd be something to explore.
0: Yeah, that 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 actually kind of lends to an interruption that i would like to make uh in this recap i hope you don't mind
3: Ooh. we're going there huh we are Adorable.
2: sanctum
0: of truth welcome to the sanctum of truth everybody um formerly the dom dome for it's you it's good Retro. to have
1: you all here <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> you're you're talking about path to success and after the announcement of um zhang weili and Yan janan for ufc 300 and it just kind of increasingly looking like 299 and three hundred needed to be swapped.
3: <laughs> yeah, two ninety nine is much as a much better card.
0: I I mean, much, much better is virtually <laughs> it, that an understatement. Like, um, I, I'm bringing it up right now. Um, I think that referring well, to what you're you're saying about path to success, I don't know what the fuck that is.
1: Let's just say it. Right, two ninety seven and two ninety eight kind of suck. And 298 lost Tatiana. Mm-hmm. Um, 298 yep. has Volkanovsky, but nobody really cares about Whitaker. I, I guess Ian Gary. Nobody cares about Henry Cejudo and Devalish Vili, if we're being totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a fun card, it's, it's just kind of a quiet, not mm-hmm. so great card. I wonder, though, did prices of tickets go down?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Because mm.
1: it's right, yeah. 298's right in your backyard, so you got to do it.
0: But UFC 299. In the path to success in the UFC to stardom, Sugar Sean, mm-hmm. the Sugar Show, as opposed to the Splenda Show with that other fuck we saw last week.
1: uh, uh they have come down slightly. They are still way too expensive. <laughs> Two ninety eight tickets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
0: Sugar Sean is an influencer. Yes, that is that is his business. Right, he he makes most of his money. I am a hundred percent sure, by having formed a company around him being a social influencer. He had his branding on the on the on the mat when he fought Aljo. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believe that the UFC is an investor in the Sugar Show company, in oh, yeah. that company. Oh yeah. And the way influencers make money—that's a good way to put
1: it—is
0: yeah. And the way they—and I mean, Mm literally—they give, they are, they own a cut of whatever his social influence company is. And the way you are able to charge more as an influencer is eyes. How many eyes? How much impact do you get? How many views, etc. So if you want to be able to say. That Sean O'Malley's headlining pay-per-view outsold UFC 300. You stack the rest of that fucking card.
1: And it's it is stacked. likely going to, but let's talk really quickly about 300. You, ESPN must have the card wrong because they have Bobby Green and Jim Miller and Figueredo and Kobe Gar- Cody Garbrandt on the early prelims. There's no way that's true.
0: <laughs> that would be pretty amazing if it was. But, and, and Bo I,
1: Nickel kicking off the regular prelims. And Charles Oliveira Vera and Armin Sarukian closing out the prelims. There's no way.
0: No. And I mean, I know Magomed Ankalaev is probably going to fight for the light heavyweight title on 300. It's just whether or not it's against Pajeda or Jamal Hill. So if, And that no, would be an interim. No, no. If, they, that's they if Pajeda no. goes
1: up. No. Which is still a nice. rumor. We're not going there. Oh, wait. That, are we still in the sanctum? I'm sorry. We we are still in the oh, sanctum. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: So if Alex uh, is going up to challenge no, the the Sanctum
1: know. answer to that is they won't strip Pajeda because Ankalaev is boring as fuck.
0: I don't think they'd strip. I think they would do an interim. And then that way no matter what happens with Pajeda, they can do a unification. And it's like when, you know, when Izzy moved up, they didn't to fight uh Jan. They didn't strip him. So I, that, regardless, my point here is that I believe that they want two ninety nine to outsell three hundred because then that is a massive differentiator of Sean O'Malley as an influencer, and therefore he makes more money. They make more money, all the way around. I think UFC two ninety nine is completely stacked strictly to build numbers behind Sean O'Malley and his social influence business so that he and the UFC can make a fuck ton of money there's nothing wrong with that that's business
1: and they are a business
0: it takes a little bit away from the the pizzazz that you could have <laughs> with UFC 300
3: UFC 300 yeah, there, there's a there's an argument there as well about why is McGregor on the card at International Fight Week, where he theoretically could fight at UFC 300 because they're now in house with their own doping program, mm-hmm. and they themselves can create exemptions for people to bypass the six month of te- six months of testing that are required to then fight. Um, so yeah, maybe yeah. there's something there to it, but did, we still don't have the main event for US 300. What yeah. if that's what? But what, what else need is to be? out there?
1: It feels like it would have to be announced already. Who knows? It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not. That's what I'm it's, saying. It, what what it, other fight is out there? And and did you see
0: that today? Dana White confirmed that Chandler Connor is not a done deal. Well, and that the weight class is not settled. The date it, is not settled. It
1: really does seem like Connor just went online and was like, "Yep, we're doing it at this weight at this time." And Chandler was like, "Excuse me." And this this brings me back mm-hmm. to my point from a few weeks ago. I actually think the move for Chandler at this point is walk away. Yeah, stop, stop. What are you doing in this dog and pony show? I and this is going to shock both of you. I kind of don't think Connor carries the same weight anymore. I don't know how many pay per views Connor sells at this point.
0: Yeah, like we said, he he's won one fight in the last seven years.
1: I think you could make the argument that two ninety nine is going to outsell two ninety seven and two ninety eight combined, and I think they're in real trouble with three hundred if they don't figure this shit out. Yeah, as far as sales go, the company is not in trouble. The pay per view sales,
3: yeah, yeah, pay per view. I mean, honestly, UFC is making the bulk of their money with their ESPN deal. They just have to make sure they put on shows.
2: Hmm.
0: well thanks for going to that trip to the sanctum let us know your thoughts go to the mailbag or hit us up online we'll we'll respond thank you back to re-recap uh mm-hmm. semi the jedi wow um the force was not strong with with the semi
3: no he got smoked
0: uh, just just obliterated not much to say there um, i was
3: fucking disappointed with the Arlosky, Waldo, Cortez at Costa fight. It was yeah, boring. It was. I
0: I agree. There's uh there's not really even much to say more beyond that.
3: How does a minus seven fifty go to decision? Like at heavyweight riddle me this. At heavyweight. How do you go to decision?
0: <sighs> that's another that's another discussion for a different sanctum. Cause I don't know. That that's maybe intimidation, yeah. the lights. But, and it's Andre Arlovsky. I mean, if I saw Andre Arlovsky, I would freeze in place for 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> Every
1: once in a while, we get one of these heavyweight fights where it's just kind of slow and plodding. And, you know. At least
0: it wasn't Derek Lewis in Ganu again. Yeah, that's
1: another, that's a great example of what I'm talking about, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Uh, we we definitely nailed it on our Phil Haas call. Yep. He did not have the chin and he was done in round yeah, one.
1: Yeah, by 10 seconds, we missed it. We all, seconds.
0: yes, right, we did, that, that kind of sucked ass. We nailed it on Ricky, Simone, and Mario Batista. We, yeah. we all agreed that Batista was going to win, so we went under on the score for Ricky, Simone. We nailed that. I know that I wanted Miller, but I don't remember our pick for Jim Miller, Gabriel Benitez. Did we pick Miller?
3: Yeah, we Why? had to.
0: I feel like we did.
1: We picked, did. You went, you literally said you'd quit the show if we didn't. <laughs>
0: okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with. And
1: that. And then you you ripped off your shirt and you had a Jim Miller tattoo across your chest. I you don't, do. You yeah. don't remember that? Uh, you it was pretty what? impressive. It was. If I'm being honest. I feel yeah. like it was kind of the the seminal moment of our last episode. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> uh, 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 I had. Speaking of our last episode, I had a friend pitch a segment for our show, Yeah, which tells me that this friend, no free shout outs, but they know who they are and they know I love them, uh, listens. And they said, you should do a thing where you talk about fighters and what chance they would have against animals. And I said, you know what's funny? In the early, early, early TPMP days, we had a thing where we would put me against a handicapped fighter. Yep, the super duper handicapper. Yeah, and the reason we had to stop is because one of the handicaps that Aaron came up with actually happened like three weeks later (laughs) where... Uh fucking Shane Burgos thought the floor was moving backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't say it for Shane Burgos, but you said like, let's say Sean Strickland, could you yeah. beat Sean Strickland if he thought the floor was moving backwards? And then <laughs> that actually happened. And so it's like, all right, well, this the bit, you know, yeah, Edson Barbosa. We manifested it.
0: That's right. Knocked him into permanent dizziness. Yeah. Knocked him into the PFL.
3: <laughs> wow. Uh hey, uh, real quick, the Ricky Simone and Jim Miller. Uh, picks that we made were the only two we got correct. Oh, okay. uh, Previously, you had mentioned Ricky Simone uh, to be less on the fantasy score, which we got correct. Mm-hmm. And we bet that Gabriel Benitez would be less on the fantasy score because we thought Jim Miller would win. And there we go. true also. Yep. There we go. And now Jim Miller gets his wish, and he's going to be on UFC 300.
0: I'm super disappointed that he's fighting Bobby Green uh, for two reasons.
1: Because he's not going to be able to beat him?
0: He's not going to oh. be able to beat him. Yeah. I, I I do think that Bobby Green is going to defeat Jim Miller at UFC 300. I think that's the wrong fight for Jim Miller. I also think Jim Miller took a shitload of damage in
1: this fight. His face I looked so like. Too. I mean, mean, in his life
2: or
0: that too, but like he's overcome all of that, and now sure. he's got three and a half months hmm. to prepare for Bobby King Green, Which, and that's. Listen.
1: I'm going to say this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Sanctum of Truth. Maybe this whole episode is the Sanctum of Truth or or whatever. Okay. I did 70 minutes of jujitsu, and I am still sore, and it's been five days. Mm-hmm. Um, And he got hit in his face. He was in a full-on, basically 15-minute fight. Yep, just shy. There's, I mean. And during the
0: post-presser he looked like it was all head trauma like <laughs> <laughs> um but during the presser he did make two call outs neither of which were bobby green i thought both of them were good call outs the first was that it was for paul felder to come out of retirement and find out who the king of philly was which the answer is joe Pyfer at this point like he he will or be sean brady or oh shit sean brady as well that's even in his nickname shit um uh so that's a good one and they're the same weight class of course paul felder would have to come out of retirement i don't i don't really care for that but i loved his call out of matt brown i think matt brown versus jim miller would be a fucking great fight uh but they have matt brown is a welterweight he's a lot bigger uh I don't know that that would be as exciting as a fight as Bobby Green, but it would certainly be more fun in my opinion. But I have to say I agree with BC from Morning Combat that the right move to have made was to have Jim Miller fight Patty Pimblett because that would be a great gatekeeper test for Patty and they are the same weight class. Patty beats him. And I think
1: don't do this to yourself
0: it would be it would be a good (laughs) test for patty Uh, i do think he would pass i agree with you i think that patty would probably beat him but but you never know that that old man strength
3: anyway um he uh he took 96 strikes in that fight jim miller did damn and he was uh he was a little lumped up kind of cut up as well so obviously you know he won't be able to train for some time Mm -hmm. and And that's
0: open a cut He's going to be like doctor stoppage. Yeah.
1: Did you see the the Angels actually made a smart move the other day? And I'm I'm going somewhere with this, I swear. Did you see it?
3: No. Tell me.
1: I'm sorry. You're not balls deep in Angels international minor league signings in January. What's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm, it must have slipped by. I apologize. So they snagged on the international market, which is a whole thing in baseball. Uh, yeah. A 16-year-old, one of the top-rated prospects. Right now, he plays shortstop. They think he is going to end up moving to third. Um, They gave him $2.3 million. This is something you very rarely see the Angels do, but something you see winning teams do every single year. And, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction, whether they are intentionally making, that is the type of signing they need to be making, not Blake Snell for $180 million. Not that they did that, but they should not do that. They should spend money on 16 year olds because they're building for seven years from now. You know, Yeah. that got me, I thought about that when we were talking about the UFC's path to stardom and, and what it takes to be a star and where the investments are made, I think the UFC is looking at their investment in Patty, and that's how I got there, Aaron. And they're yeah. thinking, oh, <laughs> we we Oops. have to be very careful <laughs> and really, really, really make sure we're getting our return on this. Yeah, And I, I don't know that Jim Miller is – I don't know that he's the option – the, the right option or the wrong option, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah. Like, if he if he lost to Jim Miller, that would really tarnish him. And if he beat Jim Miller, it would be like when he beat Tony Ferguson. It's like, of course, you were supposed to do that. Like, probably wouldn't do much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're spot on. That's still wild that they drafted a 16-year-old. But, I mean, for minor league, of course. But, hey, get them, get them while
3: they're going. Why not? Happens all the time. The really the Philadelphia Flyers, yeah, in sports in the NHL. Yeah, what traded. was the deal with that? Uh, so he's he just came off of uh, the World Juniors Championship playing for USA, and he fucking crushed it. Right, the USA dominated. Yeah, in the uh, in the twenty under division yeah. for for the championships. Um, but. Here's this uh, alarming trend that's uh, starting to spread into other sports uh, like that has honestly originated from NFL and NBA is like mm-hmm. players saying, I'm, I don't want to play here anymore. I'm going to mm-hmm. hold out. So he was traded or I'm sorry, drafted in the first round last year, number two overall pick um, he's playing in college and he will probably continue to play in college. Because you have two real avenues when you—I didn't know in are, hockey you could do that.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah.
3: So they—they they have his future rights. Let's uh-huh. say that he had—they—they they draft him and they hold his future rights. So, so they're
1: taking a real
3: chance. They're like, hey, he's a—we believe he's a can't miss mm-hmm. type of player. Okay. So he's going to play in college. At any point, he could decide. All right, I'm going to go into the the major league or. I'll, I'll, pl- I'll go into the professional system. He'd probably start out on an AHL team. He may play overseas. Yeah, And then should the Flyers say, hey, we think you're ready, they can bring him up whenever. Uh, uh, when he plays in college, he's still an amateur, but they have his rights for the future. So there's the, the Flyers, and I don't know about their management team, but our management, um, yeah, their management team, and what their thought process was, but they they must have felt so strongly that he was just not going to play for them and just decided to get what they could for him because the the people that they the player that they got from the ducks, that defenseman, he's a good player and will be a very good player as he continues to mature. But what the ducks are playing on is hey, we'll uh we'll... okay.
1: I'm a terrible ducks fan. I did not realize they traded him to the Ducks.
3: Yeah, they traded him to the Ducks. And uh the Ducks are essentially playing the long game because right now they're still they're in a rebuilding phase as well. Yeah,
1: and it definitely seems like the type of move they would make right now.
3: And they're 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 essentially banking on he'll come around, he wants to play for this franchise, we believe in our team and how we can support them, this player as he's playing in college, and then when he does hit the pros, he's gonna be amazing. Right. And we can pair him with these people that we are considering foundational type of players for the future so it's 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 like a it's a weird growing element Mm. of people of players saying you know i don't want to play for this franchise or i don't like this management team right shohei had that opt-out clause in his contract should yeah this management and ownership group he's a little bit more established than a college hockey player but
1: but i see what you're saying
3: yeah, but it's a, it's a similar trait, right? Saying if this management team decides to leave the organization, I can then choose to void my contract because I don't have the guarantee that they're going to be. Which is managing the team to win. Yeah, that's insane. Anyway, um, I'm not sure how we got on this point, but uh, we did. Yeah, and the Ducks um, need to
0: recruit the Basharad brothers.
3: The Bash brothers, for sure. <laughs> they do need the Bash brothers. That's a deep cut. <laughs>
1: There they are, right there.
0: <laughs> That'll transition us back to the UFC. There we go. So we got onto the topic because of young Drysdale is know. a
1: good player too, um, but certainly the the future move is the right one. Okay, well, yeah. Hopefully yeah, playing, he does not for the do, Are the Flyers not a respected organization? I don't know a whole lot about them.
3: No, they're an original six, that's so they're what very I thought. respected. Yeah, they're they're an original six. However, they. They're like the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, of late, where they really want to be ultra competitive every single year. It's like, this is the year, and it just, they just shit the bed. They're, they're a kind of a middle of the road team right now. Kind of like the 76ers. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Aaron, the 76ers are Philadelphia's basketball team. And I believe until recently they had the same owner, if I'm not
0: yeah. mistaken. And they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. After they hit the most home runs, uh,
1: and you
3: know what? They're a lot like the Eagles too, aren't they? (laughs)
2: Oh my God!
3: Like I look like that's that that pick aged like milk. You would (laughs) rather be the
1: Rams than the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the Dolphins. Absolutely,
3: get obliterated. Yes, they did. They got. undefeated and i'm pretty sure we said they're undefeated at home they're not gonna lose yep (laughs) yes no we said hey yeah this is a lock they're really good offensively and they haven't lost at home they didn't listen to to han
0: solo either
3: yeah (laughs) (laughs) they got too cocky and they didn't shoot first (laughs) (laughs) oh (laughs) oh man
0: uh Speaking of not shooting first, Johnny Walker did not shoot first. Let's let's finish off this re-recap with this title contention eliminator between Magomed and Johnny Walker.
3: What was it just me or did Johnny Walker like have a major regression in how he fought? Like the capoeira like shit. Yeah, what was that?
1: That's I, like every third Johnny Walker fight he looks like that.
0: Yeah. And he just gets starched like Jamal Hill and that was like, that was almost a fucking repeat of Jamal Hill. Just the way he fell right back into the fence. But Good night.
3: And uh, we do have to say we were so wrong. We that were. That was going to try and take him down. He's, he He didn't even attempt one.
0: Nope. Didn't even try. And maybe that was the surprise for Walker. Like Walker, of course. Like he tried, he feigned, feigned the 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 pain from a from a body hit in the first fight, and then jumped into a flying knee when Uncle Ive like went for the the dive in, you know. And <clears throat> excuse me, didn't happen this time. Didn't happen this time. Um, since we don't really know what the deal is with the light heavyweight title fight maybe we don't prognosticate too far on yeah,
1: that i don't i don't think so
0: and uh yeah so hey i'm i'm happy the fights were back uh it felt good to see them again it felt yes. good to hear the commentators feels good to have these types of diatribes 2024 is off to a good start and um at least for fights and they will continue to improve this is the year of improvement and i think we will do that with our next round.
1: And now it's time for the Pretty Neat Podcast Pick.
0: The Pretty Neat Podcast Podcast 6 Pick this week is brought to you by...
3: you general mills (laughs) corn flakes but not frosted flakes no not a cereal guy don't ever offer me that (laughs) never i i i am not a cereal guy either i would much rather have uh uh eggs right eggs Mm -hmm. eggs over easy Mm -hmm. and some sourdough toast yum I'm an English muffin Yum. fellow
0: myself. Oh yeah, yeah throw a piece of ham, and, provolone, and crannies, mm-hmm. provolone,
3: oh, provolone, yeah, yeah. provolone. But you yeah.
1: put provolone on your buttered <laughs> English muffin. I don't butter the muffin. Oh no, it so works. Just
3: just the toasted muffin. Do you do it in ham. like a toaster
1: oven and the cheese melts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. It works All right. out. All right. We're good.
0: <laughs> I'm also a classics type, you know, I'll butter the muffin and then do some cheddar and a sausage patty. Okay. Yeah. Sausage do my own. Patty. An Aaron McMuffin, if All you right. will.
2: Mm,
1: Which is let's my not nickname. not call it
0: that. <laughs> That's my, my <laughs> nickname in the hood. <laughs> you want to get that good, good breakfast? You go see Aaron McMuffin over there. Uh, we on the Pretty Neat Podcast like to use the... Ye app which shall not be named to make six picks uh for every fight. And we do play these picks, so we live by the sword and die by the sword.
1: I got fucking obliterated last week. Just not all your picks, picks for every Across sport. All sports. It was horrible. Mm. Mm.
0: Nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. Hey, amen to that. And uh, up, up, and away, Superman goes, which is the first fight we're picking: Brad Katona <laughs> versus Garrett Armfield. You like Brad that transition? Katona Damn.
3: should not be called Superman, but we'll no, go Brad, away. Brad, Brad Katona's nickname is Clark Kent. <laughs>
0: it, yes. it should be yes. You're you're right. You um, should go
1: by phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> that actually works on so yeah. many levels yeah as well. it does because he's English right he, Irish I guess but that's England
3: uh it, he's Canadian well also and English, he so. he lives he lives in Ireland he trains at uh pretty sure SPG. the queen
1: of England was still the queen of Canada
3: and he he also she was come on he is was <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. we're Did going back to the sanctum <laughs>
2: exactly
0: uh but brad brad and he's I mean superman clark kent changes in a phone booth fights in a phone booth mm-hmm. that's that's a good yeah i like it brad katona you're welcome for the fucking nickname championship option with brad phone booth katona um we like to pick uh, the featured prelimed and the main card for our six pick, but we mm-hmm. do also chat about, of course, all of the fights coming up on UFC 297, which is this Saturday. Strickland versus Duplessis for the middleweight strap.
1: Not We're... a lot going on. No, no, not on not the early love and early prelim. Hmm we do i'll be on i'll be on the couch watching don't get me wrong but yes yeah we're not gonna pretend that there's like some barn burners here you know
0: no i i don't i don't think so it kicks off with malcolm gordon and jimmy flick in the lightweight division i'm not really gonna say i have anything about this that inspires me um (laughs) this must be taking place in canada right Yes, yes, it's in Toronto. Yes. Of course, that's why there's all the fucking Canadian fighters. What am I saying? Um Jasmine Ju Juzu, Juzu have fuck. I'm not going to be able to say this right now. I'm a, I'm a few drinks in tonight, guys. I'm sorry.
1: I <laughs> Man, rarely. I'm Speaking in rare I'm 75 hard and I hate to be this guy that's now brought it up five times. I <laughs> have not missed alcohol.
3: Yeah, it's strange once you uh once you take it out of your routine. It's uh it's, it's not the, bad.
0: I had the peer pressure from going out last night. Oh, no,
1: no, no, I'm I'm not judging. I'm going back I to know. it. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I it's I I have I'm not struggling with that part of it. The the biggest struggle for me has been forcing myself out of bed to work out at 4:30 in the morning. Because the 2 mm. or 3 of the 25 or 26 days that it hasn't happened, it's so much more difficult to work into the rest of the day, especially yep. because I work all day. So
2: Hey,
0: you're living it like Black Mamba suggested, so uh, I'm for it. I'm for you getting up. You fit more in the earlier you wake up. You know what? I appreciate that. Hey, I I look up to you. You're number 24 in my book. Why not? Both of you are, by the way.
3: Jasmine. I'll be be number eight.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Does one of you want to try and say her name?
3: Jasmine Jazz Duvicius. It's, it's, uh, is ju- it? Jude It's Jasmine Jazz <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Jazz <laughs> Jaz- 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 <laughs> U- Duvicius.
0: Jazzy Jazz versus Priscilla Cachojera.
3: Yeah. I- so she's a pretty big favorite. Yeah. And she did lose her last fight. Mm-hmm. I think that was to. Queen of violence, Tabitha Ricci. No, no,
0: Tracy Cortez.
3: Ooh, Cortez. Mm-hmm.
0: Which was unexpected. Uh Jazzy, Jazzy Jazz was the favorite in that fight as well.
3: So and Jazzy Jazz was. I think will go for a lot of takedowns. And that's one of the that's one of the over-unders is like the three takedowns, which we're not we're not uh, picking that fight, but I expect her to win. Priscilla Cachuera in an, uh, on another fighter on this card,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Jillian Robertson, uh, Jillian Robertson Peter. took her down a couple of times and subbed her out. And I think that yep. could go the same way.
0: I a hundred percent agree with you. Johan Lainez and Sam Peterson are fighting after that in the featured early prelim, which, uh, starts
3: at 5:30
0: PM CST, which is I don't know a whole lot about guys. either of these
3: guys. I think both of them are making their UFC debut.
0: I like that. I like okay. a co-debut. Well, that would make sense. Similar records, pretty good reach advantage for Sam Peterson, but it is a coin flip. We'll see what happens. Let's, uh, you know, they they have. I mean, they each have over ten fights on their record. I'm sure they have a repertoire to go back and watch. But as the listeners of this show know, We are working homies who get together once a week to talk about UFC and other pretty neat stuff. We are not spending every hour of every day watching UFC fights, although um, once we have enough sponsorships, we will. So go to the mailbag, follow us, all that stuff. Then the opener of the prelims is Jillian Robertson, the aforementioned, versus Pollyanna Viana. I actually do like this fight. They're both coming off losses.
3: They're both uh, jujitsu. Uh, yep, practitioners.
2: And I was grappling. looking
3: at like takedown defense for Pollyanna Viana is poor, and we know that Jillian hunts that takedown like mm-hmm. relentlessly. Mm-hmm. So I I also saw over under for two takedowns for Jillian, which Feels we're not like take, we're not over. betting, but I I definitely did that on a separate. Mm-hmm. Um over under pick. I took Jillian Robertson on the over for that. Very nice. Yeah, that's a smart one.
0: Ryan, I think that if if you <laughs> will of course post the Pretty Neat Podcast picks uh on our Instagram every week. We do. We definitely try to. Um but if you if you start making and you usually do like cross sports on your picks, which I think is very wise because usually like there's the two sure things that you're you've got on UFC but then there's like two you've you've definitely got for hockey and then there's two you've definitely got for football that are yeah, locks so for you right so maybe we should start uh, posting those two on our Instagram also if you want to any anybody
3: out there listening like if you want a lock i mean a solid lock every time <laughs> you can get Sidney Crosby for faceoffs one Take the over.
2: <laughs> Take Just every the over.
3: time. He's so good. He's winning about 70% of his faceoffs for the year. Shit. And now re- recently he's had a couple of games slump, but I had abstained from any type of uh, um wagering. I think but when we he, played uh, it
1: last week, it was a push, wasn't it?
3: Or no, I think uh, he missed it. No, he, 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 he got it. He got Did it he? that time. But we, we missed. I think that was a four out of six. Yeah, it was a four out of six one. Yeah, for sure. it was.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, let, me, let if you if you if you start doing some of those, maybe we'll start posting that screenshot as well. And okay. uh, and we'll throw that on there and we'll we'll call it the the Delzite delight, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, if John Anik and Kenny Florian over at their podcast ever need a guest picker, uh, to replace the MMA takes podcast uh, host who's excellent when when he's on there, he he makes a, a, a incredible MMA mind right up there with uh, MMA guru in terms of um, observation. Um, I think Ryan is competitive with those uh, guys.
1: 100% he is.
3: So, oh, and, and I was wrong. I was wrong about uh, the previous fight. These are the two gentlemen that are making their UFC debut. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Sirhe Sidi or Sirhe Sidi and Ramon Tavares are making their debuts, gotcha. So we've got Ukraine versus USA. Yep.
3: Point um flip. all of, both of these guys all of their fights in the oh, first shit. round. Shit.
0: Look at that. Look, well, all of their fights, we got 1 and 0 oh and 1 and 1.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> if that's entirely accurate because yeah. uh, Surhi is 10 and 1.
0: Okay, probably. And look at
3: point. this, his last five fights. KL round 1, KO yeah. round 2, KO yeah. round 1. U D oh KO round four. And then his opponent, which is Ramon Tavares, his last five, wait for it. KO round one. Loss. KO round one. Win KO round two. KO Jeez. round one. Submission round one. So the over under for this, I think, is like something like eight or nine minutes. Ooh, that's a that's a lot for the under. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep, mm. love it. And again, not when we're picking, but still, like there's 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 one for the Delzite Delight. I like there's, it.
3: That that is, that is the delight of the
1: day, right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like yep. it. One place I have not struggled is golf picks, for what it's worth.
3: Um, hey, Amen. Yeah, you've been uh, you've been. I've been fairly you, you've consistent. Been, you've like been pretty two above out of average.
1: Three, four out of six. Yeah.
3: Pretty above average. To which I'm like, yeah, Dom likes it. I like it. <laughs>
1: that's how i feel about your hockey picks although i am i am uh, i lost comp man my football it was just it was
3: rough uh i picked up uh i picked up a win playing daily fantasy on DraftKings. okay oh excuse me on another on another <laughs> um on another mobile app uh but i'll tell you i do like also another delzai delight for hockey alec martinez he's a defenseman for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, formerly of the LA Kings. Um, anytime you can get him for block shots, generally speaking, you want to take the over because he is excellent at getting into shooting lanes and he plays a ton of minutes. So this game mm-hmm. just started. They're done through the third the first period, I should say. His over under was two and a half block shots. He already has three. So that's a that's a there good go. another nugget for the future.
0: A beaver nugget. One might say, if you're in Texas, you get that. <laughs> I don't, yeah,
3: I don't, I don't get it. That's a <laughs> no, Bucky's reference.
0: No,
1: I'm. I said no more Bucky's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no more Bucky's. We'll we'll bring it up another time. Um, beauty, beauty. Let's continue moving forward onto this card because there's one more fight before we get into the picks we're actually going to be making and posting. Uh, that is featherweight bout between Charles Jourdain. And Sean Woodson. Um another one where I, I like Charles in this one. Uh they they are both coming off of wins. But uh I'm not I I don't really have
3: I think Charles has gone win by uh, gone through better competition. I agree. I am concerned that Charles doesn't really go for takedowns enough which is mm-hmm. how you beat which is how you beat uh Woodson yeah. because yeah. he's 6-2 in the division which is at 145 like oh my god 6-2 mm-hmm. at 145 his reach he's going to have a massive reach advantage over Charles so if they try to stand and trade nine I'm inches. concerned I'm concerned about getting outpointed oh shit yeah 9 Damn. Inches. no nine no reach that's advantage.
0: leg reach is 9 inches
3: no, his... five. Leg arm
1: reach is nine. Jeez.
0: His leg
3: reaches five. He's which
1: got an a. Yeah. Yep. There.
0: He, it is. he
3: has to. He has to close the distance and take this to the ground. I just, I don't see it enough from Charles. I I know that he probably could do it, which mm-hmm. that's got to be the strategy. But if you look at his grappling stats, he does not go for takedowns very often at all.
2: Mm-mm.
3: They're throwing he... the same significant strikes. They both have a positive strike differential. Mm-hmm. So that that's not the concern, but like the guy is long. Yep. And what do you do against long guys? You take him down, but Charles Jordan doesn't take people down. Okay.
0: And that kind of surprises me with him being the favorite in this instance. Then, so maybe this is that dog that you might want to be going for if you are going for one. He's he's a, he's, ex-
3: he's explosive, and you got home court advantage with the Canadians there. So. Mm. He's going to he wants the win. He's going to go for that win.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that that brings us into the picks, the six pick that we will be choosing, which is the five fights on the main card and the featured prelim, which is Brad Phone Booth Katona, you're welcome, and Garrett Armfield. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name what's it does he have a nickname
3: garrett armfield
0: yeah no no nickname just weird tattoo armfield does that tattoo have any meaning that he is wearing with the with the triangle and the i feel like it it
3: does but i honestly don't know what that means
0: yeah i don't know like maybe he likes camping trips
3: (laughs) you guys should go camping together
0: we should maybe I'll bring him up on the next camping trip don't have one planned for today but we'll we'll get one another time um brad katona is the favorite uh ufc's website has him listed as a minus 218 to a plus 180 for garrett i mean we've
1: talked about brad katona espn has him at minus 220 so same okay
0: same. we've talked about brad katona on the podcast and off the podcast for probably five or six years now Um, because he has won the Ultimate Fighter twice. He's the only person to do so. He is a great fighter, but he hits skids and then he falls out, which is
1: what happened last time. Yeah, it's important to remember he's not that good because... Mm-hmm he would not have had to go on the ultimate fighter two times, which is not to say that, you know, it's no shade at him. It's just like, let's, let's keep in mind what this actually is.
0: Yes. And let's look at our options here. Uh, we, Brad Katona being the favorite, we have over under 67.5 significant strikes. We have, uh, 87.5 fantasy score. And we have one point five on the takedowns. Do any of those initially jump out at you?
3: Honestly, none of them do.
0: None of them jump out.
3: Uh, like look at look at Armfield's takedown defense, seventy five percent.
0: Yep, and Brad's only going to shoot one for fifteen minutes. So, that... so and, and
3: what did he do in the Ultimate Fighter finale? He he he. They fucking traded.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. He does like to bang, bro.
3: Bro, (laughs) let me bang.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't get a deep cut because it's UFC related. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So, if they are going to come out and bang, which they both are throwing, and uh, we'll we'll call it an average of five per minute, maybe the significant strikes number isn't too bad because that means that they are expected to be throwing 20 or more
1: i think it's obviously the under on takedowns you think armfield has a 75 percent takedown defense and brad katona averages 15 minutes per fight so he and and one takedown per average so he would have to attempt uh seven yeah. To get to two at, at their averages. Am I doing that math right? I think you are. Maybe he'd have to attempt ten because his accuracy is only twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. You'd have to
3: attempt ten to get two. Also, um, food for You're thought. Right. Food for thought, but his last fight, um, he landed 160 significant strikes in a three round event. Whoa. Now uh Armfield has to be up for that, too, and say, mm-hmm. yes, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has to be Julian
1: that... Lang. So with those numbers, I think we have two choices we can feel good about, and I'm okay with either one.
3: I, I feel good with the less on the takedowns because of Armfield's defense and the fact that Brad Katona has not really shown right that propensity to say, I'm going to take people down and try to continue to take people down. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to put on a show. They're mm-hmm. in Canada. He is Canadian. Mm-hmm. He wants to finish. There you go. Lock it in.
0: So we're going less on the takedowns, less than 1.5 takedowns. I, I also feel that that is a good call on the Katona Armfield matchup. Next. We have what this I see. Is... You, you, you start us off on this one, please.
3: This is intriguing. Like Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen. His last fight was against Max Holloway mm-hmm. in a five-round fight that he made strides on in the later part of the fight, but he very started very slow.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm concerned because this is a three-round fight, and Moswar Evilev, who is an undefeated fighter, goes mm-hmm. for a shitload of takedowns. Mm-hmm. a shitload well the over under
1: yep. is three and a half which yeah is, right which is very significant they both also tend to fight for a long time time mm-hmm. is not on the board
0: for what it's worth. nope
1: this is gonna be he averages 4.71 takedowns per 15 minutes mm-hmm. however arnold allen's is... defense is 76 <laughs> percent
3: that's yeah. good so so like who's stronger right I would be willing to bet just based on what Mazvar does is that he's stronger, but he has to get the positional advantage to make that a reality, to just force the takedown. Yeah. Whereas Arnold Allen has to be planning for that. Arnold Allen, by the way, trains mostly in Canada. He is an Englishman, but he trains mostly um, in Canada. I believe he trains at Tristar. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
0: Yes, you're you are correct. Now, we have said on this show in the past because of our observations over the last 30 years of UFC's existence, that when wrestlers get in there against each other, they they tend to throw. Yep. So that that part of this equation
1: but these guys don't not throw they, they those are not low significant strikes they're not. landed per minute numbers
0: which, which almost makes me feel like this could be a a, a pretty heavy stand up fight and, and and it's just because of that wrestler on wrestler i i still think 65.5 is a bit high especially for Mobzar like of the two, who would I expect? Yeah, so to he be would, going for they'd it. They'd have to
1: fight fifteen minutes, and he would have to land
0: <laughs> like no takedowns. more than to be his thr- average.
1: Yeah, to to hit that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So so that that makes the the over under sixty five five significant strikes interesting to me. I would lean less for Mobzar, because if they do come out and bang maybe one of them goes to sleep doesn't so in mean. his
3: last fight which was a three-round fight uh Mazvar took Diego Lopez to a decision and he took him down four times on seven attempts and landed 88 significant shit. strikes shit. <laughs> shit shit shit
0: okay we didn't touch on the 89.5 fantasy score and I frankly. I don't even want to touch that right. one because I, I don't know away. who wins. This stay is one away. of those fights mm-hmm. where I can't tell you I would not be able to I could not feel like I could make an educated guess
3: on on who wins this. So here's the ah. here's the truth about uh Mavsar. He takes everybody to the decision. Last five fights, all yep. decisions, all yep. wins, right? He's undefeated. Yep. Diego Lopez, Danny Gay, Hakeem Dawadu, Nick Lentz, Mike Grundy all three Mm -hmm. round three round three round three round three round three round which is why fight time's not on the board right because arnold Mm -hmm. allen also generally speaking takes it longer into the fight game Mm -hmm. but if that's the case whether he's taking somebody down and he's in top position i don't think arnold allen is the one that's going to be going for the takedowns so his threat of being on his back would only come from the aforementioned not an aforementioned but the the club and sub, mm-hmm. hypothetically. Otherwise, yep. Arnold Allen's going to be sprawling and then trying to keep this on the feet.
0: That makes me want to lean more towards the more on significant strikes.
3: Me too. So I'm going to look at the fight before that, which was Dan 50K Ege, which he also won and in a three-round event.
0: And let's not ignore... The fact that Dan Ige, Dan's 50k Ige, which I will add in there because it's relevant, he he's brutal, he's exciting, he he's to, dangerous, he tries to fucking kill you. Like, he tries to finish fights. <laughs> yes, he he's so not it, in it to win it. He's in it to murder. And... In that
3: in that fight, which he also won by unanimous unanimous decision, he landed 68 significant strikes while also attempting 16 takedowns and landing nine. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck.
0: Okay, I genuinely do not know where to go on this. I am more. I, I think
3: it's. I think it's over on the significant strikes. I'll follow you there.
0: I will follow you on that as well. I. I was saying I was stuck between more significant strikes or more on takedowns and i i'm gonna trust the gut on the two wrestlers going in there and they're gonna they're gonna try and take each other's head off and then they're gonna try and take each other down and go back to taking each other's head off because they're gonna be so good defensively in the grappling so we're taking more than 65.5 significant strikes on Mopsar, are ev for this fight now we get what i think is the funnest fight (laughs) <laughs> yeah this Chris is fun Chris Action Man Curtis and Marc-Andre Barrielt is a fun fight um, Action Man of course training partner of Sean Strickland uh, very humble guy credits Sean Strickland for reminding him to go in there because he likes to fight and have fun and I like that for him in this. Uh, what's the what? What's the over on uh, uh, odds on this one? Okay, Curtis is number fourteen. He is ranked fourteenth, and he is a minus one eighty-five according to UFC's website versus plus one sixty Mark Andre Buryalt.
1: Hmm, Andre, we've got two choices here. Did we talk about that?
0: Uh, we did not. What are they?
1: 61.5 significant strikes or a 93.5 fantasy score.
0: Mm, okay, got it.
3: So Chris Curtis' last fight against uh, Nassim Imavov was a no contest in round two, I think, after an eye poke.
0: Yeah. If I recall correctly, yes.
3: And in that fight, Nassim Imovav was taking Chris Curtis down with relative ease. He had three takedowns already in the second round when it had been stopped. And uh, as you just really with a flourish of your cursor highlighted that Mark Andre burial, who whose nickname is the power bar, which is interesting, <laughs> doesn't really go for takedowns at all No, So I do expect this to be a stand in trade. Mm-hmm. I do like Chris Curtis at, in his adaptation of the Philly shell in MMA. For his ability to slip and then throw punches so if this does go three rounds and, and chris curtis has knocked out people before however i don't think mm-hmm. he's a one shot kind of guy he's more of an accumulation of strikes yep i i like the over on the significant strikes for for chris curtis
0: i uh, i'm i go ahead no I, I was gonna say i agree with you uh and i think chris curtis is also one of those deceptive guys because he's a little bit shorter for 185 for the middleweight division and his ape index is that deception factor. He actually has the recent reach advantage despite being three inches shorter than Marc-Andre Beriel, Um, which could give Berriot a little bit too much confidence. Uh, but I do think you're right that he, he doesn't really have that one punch. How he probably, I'm sure he does, but I I I agree with you that I think this is going to slugfest.
3: He's got a very nice left hook and a very nice check left hook. However, uh, I, I just I, I have not seen it like the one hit and then you're done, you know no. that type of devastating power at and in his division as well. One eighty five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think a key
0: to victory for Barry Alt, if he is to have one, is leg kicks. Is it going to be kick out Chris's legs, try and take out some of the power from the torque? The thing and... that makes
1: me nervous mm-hmm. is that that 93 and a half feels high. Okay. And it kind of feels like that's saying first round win, but both of their careers don't say first round win. But mm-hmm. it, it's also the reason, I think, to stay away from it. I. I I could see this being a thing where they trade significant strikes, but they're not actually hitting each other all that hard, like Ryan was saying, that accumulation piece. Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas if maybe it does accumulate and at the end of the second, beginning of the third, if Chris gets it done with 70 to 80 significant strikes or or even 50, mm-hmm. that will get him very close to that fantasy score. Yeah. So it, it, I like what you said about staying away but from
1: it. Much better. It's much higher than 62 significant strikes, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: So we're leaning on the more than 61.5 yeah, significant I think strikes so. for Chris Curtis on this one. Do we all concur?
3: We do. Yep. We do.
0: <laughs> awesome. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> now we're moving into the boring no i'm just kidding I was going to say the boring people's main event but <laughs> maybe it's mike Malott. like he he is considered to be the next rising canadian star mm-hmm. um referencing the card trade which um uh, several of our listeners in the fellowship are from the card trade Mike Malat is is one of the most popular rookies, especially when it, it comes to Canadian rookies. Um,
1: what's the what's the odds on this one? Either of you guys have it up? Yeah, it is. Mike Malat is a minus three sixty favorite.
0: That is, that's I, high. That's, that's high for Neil Magney. I you took it out of my mouth. Yeah, Neil Magny is a fucking enigma.
1: So he lost <laughs> to Ian Gary, but it, that went the decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who who is Rowe, Phil Rowe. Phil Rowe. He beat him in a split decision. He um, beat Max in a split in a decision. He lost to Gilbert Burns first round. He beat Max Griffin split decision. He right lost to Shavkot. No, no big deal. He <laughs> beat Daniel Rodriguez late in the third round. Also, um, no big
0: deal in my opinion.
1: Yeah. So.
0: We do think Mike Malat will do we think Mike Malat's going to win this fight? Because if we. Yes. OK, so we do. So fantasy yes. score of 110 is on the table, but does, does Neil he, Magny he, drag he, it out?
1: Oh, boy, like, that's a big.
0: Number. Yeah, like he Mallott, does.
3: Mallott would have to do it in the first round. I don't think he does. Unless he tries ooh. to rush him.
1: His average fight time, I think, is just over one round. Is that right? It is five minutes and 56 seconds, so. There we go. Yeah.
0: So they do think that if Malad gets this done, he gets it done early, hence that fight fantasy score. But Magni, like we said, he only absorbs two and a half strikes a minute. He He's evasive. He's elusive. He's got good. He's solid everywhere. He's well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I Mm -hmm.
3: think, you know, Neil Magny, he has the reach advantage in this fight, but I also think he closes the distance and tries to clinch more.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Which is going to draw the fight out longer, which leads me to go towards um, fight time, right? Mm -hmm. He's got to go two rounds. I don't know what it would go before. This is a a big step up for Mike Malad. His last fight, which it he is. won in second round submission was a uh, against Adam Fugget, um, which he then subbed out. Yeah, he doesn't have. Is...
1: I mean, Mickey Gall, but I feel Johan like on Linnes, who I think is also on this card. Right? He's on the um, yeah, he's on
3: this card. Yeah,
0: I feel like if 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 Mike Malat is gonna finish Neil Magny, it would be a club and sub available now at the pretty neat sandwich shop. Hmm. Delicious. Um i think neil magny is going to drag him deep i think mike's going to win probably by a a decision but i i do i'm I'm leaning towards the over on fight time myself uh, as you can see i put it up there already but that significant strike number is very low it is very
1: low he i has he ever crossed that number Probably not, right? Because he's
3: yeah, he's finishing fights. But is he going um, to get last there? If this goes 19.
1: longer, I don't, I don't
0: know. So that that's a good that's a good point. That's a really good point. So we're staying away from the fantasy score because it screams first round finish for Mike Malott. Neil Magny doesn't get finished in the first round. That's that's pretty much the thing.
3: Yeah, he didn't even get finished in the first round by shop Yep.
1: So uh, can he get all the way into the third round? That's Which is basically part. what nine, seven, five is saying. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think I think this guess. does get into the third. So it's got to go longer than what? Four minutes and 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. Is that how they're that's getting correct. to seven five? That's
3: yep. correct. Yeah, I don't know. No. What do you think? uh, Significant strikes is a more sure bet. No. (laughs)
2: Um,
1: (laughs) I, you know, this is one where we, we, we just. The fight time, actually, I was going to say this earlier and then I started rethinking it. I actually think they're trying to trick people because Malat has had quick finishes and Neil Magny is a, is a ranked fighter. He's much better. Than anyone said. Shafkot is much better than Mike Malat, right? We can all agree with that. Yeah. Yes. So he took him into the second round. I don't think this is easy work for Malat, even though it is likely he will win. So I, I say, I say over on fight time. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? 2024. But we still <laughs> have two picks left. Don't worry.
0: Yes, we do. We move into the co main event of the evening which is a title fight. UFC 297, let's not forget, is a double five-rounder. Two belts are on the line. This is for the vacant women's bantamweight belt, which, of course, was vacated by Amanda Nunes, as we predicted well over a year ago.
3: Hmm. But Oh, how uh, the mighty have fallen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But the thing with this that we already have, kind of gone on about is that like is it should it really be Raquel Pennington and Myra Bueno Silva fighting no, for this belt and i i i it's a coin flip you know it's it's a minus 166 right now on on UFC's website for Myra Bueno Silva
3: so Raquel's won five fights in a row but when i mm-hmm. look at the dates that she's fought that's spanned over 3 years mhm she only fought once last year once in 2022, twice in 2021, and once in 2020. Mm-hmm. And outside, in all those five fights, only one went to one was finished, and that was Macy on which was a second-round submission.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And Maria Bueno Silva, you know, if we're trying to handicap this fight, right? She at least shows some finishing prowess. That yep. she subbed Lena Landsberg and Stephanie uh, Egger. Yep. And while her last loss was against Manon Row at uh, 125, that makes sense. Uh, Manon's a really good fighter. And that was a decision as well. I just think she has more against Raquel. I do too. She's 32, and I believe Raquel is like 35 now. Yeah, she's 35.
0: Mm-hmm. She's been in the game a long time.
3: She's been in the game a long time. Like, look at her tattoo on her right arm. Tough season 18. <laughs>
1: oh, man,
0: that's aged well. Yeah. <laughs> so, for this one, do we think Myra finishes Raquel? Because I, I that fight time, 22 and a half minutes, let's be real, 22 and a half minutes.
3: Right. It's got go to go the fifth round. That's, that's four and, four and a and half, half
0: rounds. rounds. That's, you think this is going to decision. So, do you think this is going to decision?
1: Um, um, neither of their fight times is anywhere close, although that is likely because they mostly fight 15 minute fights. Um three round fights I should say. Eight and a half from Myra and 14 for Raquel. Mm-hmm. So Raquel is a is a slight underdog here. I I have no idea. I have no idea. No idea. I don't and, I don't have the slightest clue.
0: Yeah, and let's and well let's let's look at the all of the choices here for the over-unders because we didn't review them. 75.5 significant strikes. minutes or 95.5 fantasy score which in a five round fight even going to decision is very possible i think because you got time for knockdowns you got time for a few takedowns you got time for all of that and the 75.5 significant strikes if that is converted into fantasy score numbers what are we talking about 30 Seven points right there, plus the victory, which can be mm-hmm. as much as fifty, and she's right up there at that fantasy score with one takedown or one knockdown, so or submission attempt as well. That's that's also more points, which she probably would try to do if this does go to the ground because she does do that. So she does. Oh. Uh. Geez, geez. I'm leaning toward... This is me. I'm leaning towards less on fight time or more on fantasy score. That's where I'm going because I do not think Raquel Pennington is going to win this fight.
3: I don't think Raquel is going to win either. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, did more you say com- less
0: on fight time? Less on fight time or, and more on fantasy score. That's where I'm leaning.
3: Oh. I'm more comfortable with the fantasy score proposition just by accumulation of points because i Mm -hmm. do think she will go for more submissions and she will also go for more takedowns Mm -hmm. yes
0: and it helps with the fight time you know if if we were to choose less on the fight time we're definitely getting more on the fantasy score and if we go over on the fight time, I still think it would go over on the fantasy score because of the accumulation you just mentioned. So it kind of feels like we're going just more on the fantasy score. Yeah? Yeah. And maybe we move past it. That's that's the choice. Let's just go with it. Yeah, you are I, correct about who, that. Whoever's winning this belt is probably not going to be defending it for very long. <laughs> Uh, or at least in terms of number of defenses, maybe not time, but number of defenses. So we're going more on the fantasy score of ninety-five point five for Myra Buena Silva, and that yeah. brings us
1: to the main event. So this of... is really interesting. This, <laughs> so this is a pick'em odds-wise, mm-hmm. um, and we have two options here: seventy-two and a half significant strikes or twelve minutes on the fight time, which which feels. Pretty wild. That that's a yeah. that's a strange time. Mm-hmm. Um Sean averages just a little bit more. Dracus averages about three minutes less. Mm-hmm.
3: It it makes sense in the context of this that Dricus policy starts fights highly, highly, you know, mm-hmm. volatile. Motivated. Not I should not volatility, <laughs> yeah. but he's he's very intense. And he's mm-hmm. looking to win the fights in those early rounds. Mm-hmm. Now I keep thinking back to fights where it's gone the distance and he's looked somewhat gassed.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: the Brad Tavares fight comes to mind at the end of the fight, uh, somewhat the Darren Till fight as well, which, you know, Darren Till really, you know, he really fell off there. Yeah. He has, he has like a lot of work to do to kind of get back to where he was. Um, And then it comes out that he couldn't breathe through his nose, right? Then he got his nose fixed, right? I think it was a deviated Mm -hmm. septum. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, coincidentally, go back to the book that I'm currently reading. That's a big fucking deal (laughs) in terms of VO2 max and stamina and energy and oxygen transportation uh, through your body. So he's not really displayed it like he really handled uh, Bobby Knuckles which is amazing which is amazing right but also we have to be honest with ourselves that you know bobby knuckles is in his 30s now Mm -hmm. both of these gentlemen are in their 20s yes and and izzy's in his 30s right this could be the change in the guard that's not just necessarily kicking the door down but they're like hey we're here and we're only going to continue to get better so this is my concern right and Mm -hmm. again i'm gonna oh we know izzy's time
1: is done We know that.
3: Yeah. He (laughs) ain't holding another belt. My my concern is this. If Sean Strickland can get out of the first round, he's going. Not only is he gonna go above significant strikes, but he'll go above fight time as well. Yep. But can he survive that rush? Yeah. From DDP? Like that's the question we have to ask ourselves. Can Sean Strickland survive the rush? Okay, so when has he been finished?
0: Alex, Alex, Alex Beheda. Beheda. but that was accuracy.
3: That was and... an excellent step in faint and then yep. left himself open for the hook. I think Sean has done a lot of work in terms of his defense since then.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And the people that he's fought are like, I look, otherwise he was... he's looked good.
1: Uh, is that JDS? No, El Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos finished him in 2018. And yeah. it does not look like he has been finished any other time ever. Right. No.
3: This the,
0: I I originally like thought to myself that I give Drick a seven and a half minutes to win this fight.
3: Of cardio time, right? Yep. Like gas tank time.
0: But maybe that's different because of what you pointed out about the O2.
3: Could be. Also, um, Sean, Sean, he's a he's definitely a pressure fighter, like cutting yes. off the cage and, and but he's not. He's not rushing people. No.
1: Yeah.
3: He's putting pressure on, mm-hmm. and he's in your face, but he's not rushing it.
0: Yeah, he enjoys the fight. He, he likes does. to hurt other people. He's going to want to piece up Drikus. He's going to want to hurt him over 25 minutes. He's going to oh, want to give is. him that pain. Yes, he is. Which makes me like the significant strikes. It makes me we, like the over on fight time.
1: Who but do we think is going to win? That is, damn it! Why'd you have to ask that? We're only
0: trying to make decisions, Dom.
3: <laughs> All right, fine. I, yeah, I. I, uh, I don't. Both know. Can, both can win. Here, yes. like I can only say I, both can win. Hey, how about that for a prediction, folks? Yes. Uh,
1: someone is going to actually. I'll go that far.
3: Someone, well, not not necessarily. <laughs> it could be a majority draw. Fair. Yeah. It could be
1: a no contest.
3: Yeah. I, I, I just understand the scenarios by which each person would win. For DDP to win, it's going to be early, round one or round two. For Sean to win, it's likely going to be either a late round stoppage, four or five, because he is totally drained DDP, or it's going to decision. Mm-hmm. Either way, both of these on the over look great. It's and just think, which, one, which one do you want? Like, win? Yep, at what point it. does Sean get to 72 in the fight, hypothetically, versus it just mm-hmm. has to go more than two minutes past the third round?
0: This feels like if you think Drikus is going to win, you're picking less on the fight time. Mm-hmm. And if you think Sean is going to win, you're picking more on the significant strikes.
1: Or the fight time, frankly. Or I the think, fight time. Yeah. You're right. You are right.
0: So basically, if you think Drakus is going to win, you're picking less on fight time, and that's the only choice you have.
1: I think I agree with what you just said. I I don't know that it makes the pick any easier, but I agree with I agree with that analogy. Yes, I, yes.
0: Um, boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, and the only. Ugh. This is the first lightweight title fight that has not included Israel Adesanya in years. That's that's kind of worth pointing out. Um, If Israel Adesanya can come out and kick ass in his next fight, the UFC would love the drama that was created with Drikus and they would love the rematch possibility, mm-hmm. especially since Israel Adesanya has shown that he can win a rematch and finish in a rematch. He can He did it against Alex. He could do it against Sean. Mm-hmm. But... Damn. This is one where I literally I, I do not. No, maybe we we talked about the relevance of Conor McGregor a few minutes ago. Some of the things he says are relevant. Is this an accuracy beating power moment for Sean to get victory? Just by piecing him up and not letting Drickus get that power shot in? Just being elusive, blocking effectively, using his jab and punching his face in for 25 minutes. Possible. I'm I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards over on the fight time. Maybe that's maybe that's the secret sauce that Drickus is planning to use this time around, the unexpected part of his art of this war is he's not going to go out there guns blazing this time. He's fighting for a belt. Maybe he's taking it more seriously. Maybe he's expecting to drag this deep. Maybe he wants to this time.
3: Ryan, what do you think? Uh, yeah, the more we've discussed this, I am leaning towards over on the fight time as well. Uh, I do think there could be a shift in the game plan for Drickus, knowing that it's a five-round fight. Is he going to hedge and say, I can't expand that much energy in the early rounds like I have done in the past because it is a five-round fight and he's a bit more measured. And then Sean, Sean's done this multiple times. He understands what it takes to win a five-round fight. And also uh, Eric Nixick, which is the thing that, you know, we also have to acknowledge, coach. you know, he's, he's a great coach, right? Hypothetically could be coach of the year last great year game and, and potentially this year, yeah. He's going to even. He's going to plan effectively and allow Sean to do what Sean wants to do, but in a manner that's more targeted, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I like I like the over on the on the fight time.
0: I like the over on the fight time. Like one percent more than I like the over on the significant strikes. Okay, okay, we're sticking with it. I think we should review our picks and wrap episode one hundred and eight of the Pretty Neat podcast. Who wants to kick us off with the review of our first of the six pick?
3: Yeah, I'll go. Uh, so in the featured prelim, we have uh Brad, phone booth, Katona.
0: You're welcome again. <laughs> by the way uh Brad. going
3: against uh the American Garrett Armfield uh no nickname no need I guess and uh we're army. we're betting army <laughs> armfield hey i like it <laughs> <laughs> what we're, we're we're betting right we're counting on Brad wanting to put on a show for his fellow canadians in toronto he also hasn't shown a propensity to go for takedowns and these guys are just going to throw and if it's anything like his last fight it's going to go way over the, the significant strikes, but also we just don't think he's going to do takedowns. So we're going under on the 1.5, put it in the bank, one for one on this six pick. Yep. We Less like than
0: 1.5. Beautiful. I'll get our second one here, which is Mobzar Evloev, and Arnold Allen. Uh, we think this is going to be... <laughs> an interchanging slugfest grappling uh, expose. Uh, we feel like Movzar maybe won't be able to to get all those takedowns because these guys are so effective in their defense. Uh, we don't like the fantasy score because of how close these guys' stats are, so we're just staking, staying away from that. And we just think they're going to throw. These are two wrestlers who are going to respect each other's wrestling and therefore go out and try and... Put on a, f- a nice uh, flurry of fists for the crowd, and we are going over 65.5 significant strikes.
1: Yeah, they're gonna do punching. Yes, they're gonna speaking do speaking of doing punching, punching, Chris Curtis, the action man, and Marc Andre Burial M A B Bario, uh <laughs> are going to punch each other also, and Chris Curtis is gonna land more than sixty-one and a half significant strikes. Preach it
3: yeah this would put us in the four spot we have neil magny the ageless one uh who is turning 37 here in a couple of weeks folks Jeez. uh taking on the up-and-coming canadian prospect the next great canadian hope uh from the great white north mike Malat. um and we think this is a real test for mike and as yes. such and with the gameness of one neil magny that we're going into the third round for sure on this one. We're not exactly sure how this was going to end, but it's definitely the biggest step up in competition for Mike Malott. As such, with all due respect to Neil Magny, the eternal gatekeeper, this is going to go into at least the third round.
1: Yes. And then in the... In one that we're going to pick and move on, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Myra Benasilva is going to win the belt and she's going to do it with a fantasy score that is higher than 95.5. Woohoo, let's move
1: on. <laughs> That's a volume thing. And then Sean Strickland and Du Duplessis are going to get, let's say it, they're going to get to the championship rounds, which means we get more than 12 fight minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? They may not even get there. This might end in the third round. And it could okay. be either one of them, and we and we still think it's going to get there.
1: Okay. Yep.
0: Over twelve minutes. Lock it in and make your sixth pick. If you uh, want to review these, they will be on our Instagram at it's the Pretty played. Neat Podcast. I, went, I played it. It is played. We do play these. We hope you play them as well, especially if we win, and because uh, that means we all win, and that's what we all really want on the Pretty Neat Podcast is for everyone's 2024 and beyond to be wonderful and filled with riches.
3: Riches.
0: (laughs) All the riches.
3: All of these riches.
0: All of these wonderful things that we have said tonight, gentlemen has left me in a state of euphoria as it always does. Hanging out with my boys every week is the, the highlight of my week. And, uh, what should we take it out on for this episode?
1: Something to do with being sore, because my whole body is.
3: <laughs> I was you're reading my mind. I was like, yeah. stretch your hamstrings. Ooh. Good preventative stretching 2024. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> I
3: like it. I
0: like it as well. Hey, you know why I love hey. MMA so much?
1: It's pretty neat. It's that is 100% true, but it's also because it brings us together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Islands really does bring people together. Yes, yeah, let's
2: get back.